how many of this nation's youth are truly happy? Well, we both know the answer, don't we? That changes right here, right now. Hello and welcome to Pot Takes Podcast, an elevated take on the news. And today, this week's really been a mixed bag. It's just been a bit about everything. Yeah, pretty much. It's like all sorts of random nonsense going on. Don't you say? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the thing that is just the most nonsense is um, what one of Trump's evangelical advisors mm-hmm. said this week. Uh, she's a televangelist, so she she has her own show. Oh boy, you know only good things come out of televangelist television. So she she wanted to tackle the issue of the flu, and um, so she said that quote Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. And she added that his redeemers are quote redeemed from the curse of the flu. Well, that was nice of Jesus. Yeah. That was considerate of him. Jesus, Jesus just stepped in there and said, "Like, yeah, you true Christians, you don't got to worry about the flu. You're right. fine. She started it off. She said, we don't have a flu season and don't receive it when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't even know. We, we don't have a flu season. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And... And we don't receive the see that I'm assuming we don't receive the flu when somebody threatens you with everybody's getting the flu. I I don't think the flu is spread by people telling you about the flu. Yeah, people saying you're gonna get the flu and then you just Bam. get the flu. That's <laughs> that's only how diseases work in science fiction. Yeah, <laughs> talking diseases, magical talking diseases. <laughs> We've already had our shot. He bore our sickness and carried our diseases. That's what we stand on, and by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes? Yeah, that's... Jesus was striped? Yeah, zebra Jesus. Zebra Jesus. Fascinating. Uh, that, that's something like I hear like people say, like, by his stripes. And, and like... What does that mean? I'm, I'm sure it's, like, some sort of, like, represent... Like, meant to say, like... By like the things he's done and the things he's overcome, like by his accomplishments. There's got to be a better way to say that, though. Like, yeah, it, it's it's like I I think it's like related. It's like military ranking. Okay. It's like more stripes. That's that's a weird thing to compare Jesus to, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> General Jesus reporting for duty. <laughs> well, that, that's certainly something. But um, but he is who is without sin. Drop the first move. <laughs> if only. So then she started expressing sympathy to those who have the flu, and decided to pray for them. All right, a prayer for the flu. I'm asking you, Lord, by your supernatural power, Ooh. to heal them now from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. In case there was any confusion. Yeah. Just to get all of the sickness. Yeah. You don't just, want to leave that, like, heel sickness. Yeah, you know? still got flu in the heel. Yeah, that's <laughs> no good. Your heel is sick. Jesus himself gave us the flu shot. He redeemed us from the curse of the flu. And we receive it, and we take it, and we are healed by his stripes. 
by his stripes we are healed. There's those stripes again. <laughs> Jesus has many stripes. Apparently. I challenge you to find a zebra with more stripes than Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, you will not. <laughs> Sounds about right. This is with all I've heard about the guy. He seems like a stripey individual. Easy to find in a crowd and all that. You know? <laughs> not a lot of people with stripes. No. So it'll be really easiest when he comes back. Well, no. He'll look very odd. <laughs> Most people will hate him instantly. Who's this striped man walking around? That's Jesus! Of course it is. And she said, if, if... She goes on, if you said, well, I don't have any symptoms of the flu. Well, great. That's the way it's supposed to be. Right. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to be sick all the time. That's bad. <laughs> That's how you die from the flu. And so she says, you just need to keep saying that. Just keep saying that. I'll never have the flu. I'll never have the flu. What is this? The Wizard of Oz? <laughs> Put words. Inoculate yourself with the word of God. He himself bore my sickness, carried my diseases, yeah. and by his stripes, I was healed. I am healed. So they got magical spells in Christianity now. Inoculate yourself with the word of God. It's some Harry Potter level <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> Goddess Inoculatus Last I checked I thought they were all like upset with that witchcraft Now they're cool with it Because it's Jesus witchcraft Yeah Okay That seems a little hypocritical Saying funny Latin words Is witchcraft But speaking in, Speaking in tongues That's That's legit Alright then <laughs> You know who's known for speaking in tongues <laughs> Our president. Bingo. He seems a little disheveled these days, wouldn't you say? I mean, yeah. He's had a rough week. <laughs> the two worst individual days in stock market history happened yeah. this past week. Uh, <laughs> that memo they were hyping for so long just turned out to be like a leaky flop that was completely useless and irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, just another one of his conflict of interest claims that's like loose, like just very loosely connected. And now here's the fun one, though. The Democrats put together their own memo, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the Nunez memo, that was seven pages. The Democrats put together a memo that's ten pages. You know, not too bad. Yeah, basically, right? a bit, in terms of the length of things, it's about the same. Right. Now, every, every elected official who's looked at this memo, Democrat or Republican, has voted in favor of making the memo public. And yeah. so it, it was brought to Donald Trump's desk. But aides say he's too, he's like too distracted to read such a long memo. And yeah, that, it's 10 pages. Come on. That's, that's so much more than seven, right? Uh, I can so, barely get through that Nunez thing. So the the reason like he's holding up this memo, he says, is because it's just too long to read. Who has time to read ten pages? Right? It's too long. Americans don't want lengthy memos. Okay, <laughs> seven. That's where we draw the line. Now here's the thing: the average person can read a page in about two minutes. So <laughs> a ten-page memo is about a twenty-minute read. 
you know? Yeah. Give or take. Apparently, he doesn't have time for that. <laughs> he does have scheduled blocks in his day dedicated to watching cable TV. That's my boxing friend's time. Yeah, but he doesn't have time to read you ten can't pages. can't take away my boxing friends. I need to know how brilliant I am. He's, he's apparently a little too slow to read ten whole pages. Isn't that, isn't that something? Now, like, he's the president. He's going to be dealing with things a lot bigger than that in his time. What do you say? Yeah, he's just like... What are we like, supposed to do when, when they come to him with a military plan and it's a 200-page strategy on, like, a three-month operation? Is I read the first like, seven pages. It was great. Oh boy! Tremendous. Oh boy! He's gonna look really hard into that, isn't he? I mean, these aren't the first of the reports like this. Like last year, towards the beginning of his presidency, there were already reports saying that he wanted his daily briefing brought down to a single page. Yeah. With lots of graphs and pictures. Mm -hmm. And And he had to have his name in it. Yeah, he had to have his name in it to keep him like focused on it. And then just a few months ago, there was a report that said that the daily briefings are now an oral discussion because he can't even look at paper. This, <laughs> this guy is expected to lead, like, the, the most powerful country in the world. And yeah, and he's just... He doesn't have time to read a sheet of paper every day. And he gets upset when you give him ten to read, and he just flat out refuses to do it. That's embarrassing, folks. It's because the American people don't need it. They just don't need ten pages. They needed the seven pages. Seven pages were really important. It talked about how great I was. Um, but these new pages is just ten minutes of fake news. Ten pages of fake news, folks. And you know it's not fake news though, but equally crazy in Trump's week. This one's a quick one. I'm sure you heard it. Have you seen how excited Trump was to see Bastille Day over in France? Oh, he, he loved it. Yeah, a tradition going back 200 years to celebrate Bastille Day, where they, they get together and they like march their troops out in front of the square in a space pretty much reserved for this. Mm-hmm. And so Trump wants military parades in his honor. Yeah, he, he's like, he just thinks it was like the best thing ever, and so he feels the need to one-up them because america is the best yeah so we're gonna do everything better than every country you have a military parade we're gonna do it better we don't really have military parades all that often but we're gonna do it to beat you france yeah we're gonna we're gonna make all those third world dictators really embarrassed by how small their missiles are yeah like that's the plan i mean outside of france which i mean it's at this point it's more of like a traditional thing for them rather than an act than a yeah. functional military parade. Yeah, it's more the fact that they've been doing it for two hundred years. Yeah, they still do it. So and, and <laughs> so the only other countries that really just do military parades because they want to do a military parade are these third world countries like North Korea. North Korea has a bunch of military parades. Russia, they have a bunch of military parades. Not Russia is a third world country, but you know, like these. Yeah, countries yeah. led by militaristic dictators. Yeah, they're they're very like uh, fascistic in their approach. You know. Yeah. They're they're putting an outright display of power among their own citizenry for some reason. Like, why why do we need to show off our bombs to the people who live here? 
Yeah. What is that saying about us? Oh, look at our bombs. Yeah, I mean... That's what America's known for. And the people we're fighting, <laughs> they already know, like, what we can do. Because that's why they're fighting us for the most part. Yeah, because we bombed their village or yeah, some shit. We've been bombing them for decades and decades, and they're a little upset about that. As is their right to be, you know? Yeah, and so the only purpose of parading all these fucking giant-ass weapons down American streets... Is because Donald Trump feels emasculated for some reason. Yeah. I wonder why that could be. And e- even the Pentagon's against us. Yeah, like, that was the first story reporting it, was the Pentagon outraged about the idea that the president suggested to them to have a military parade. Yeah, they they don't, and, and he doesn't want it to be on, like, Veterans Day or anything. He He doesn't want it to be on a day of remembrance. He wants it to be... Like, its own thing. Yeah, he just wants, so it's like, not a military even, parade. Yeah, so he doesn't even want to attach it to, like, it's for the troops. He wants to attach it to, this is a fucking military parade. Look at our fucking weapons. Yeah. Don't look at how tiny my penis is and my hand's mm-hmm. tiny as hell, too. Don't look at that. Look at these bombs. Yeah, because... And then, and then the Pentagon's <laughs> like, look, this is bullshit because, like, we'll have to put, like, a big chunk of the military basically on holds to get it done. Yeah, and not only that, but like the infrastructure needed to actually move that sort of shit. You can't just like wheel a tank down the street. That's going to ruin the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a reason they're not street legal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not to ruin your fun. <laughs> and it's also Trump can just have his little display of manliness. No, he's got to compete with Putin. <laughs> I saw him on a horse without his shirt on. Now I would look, I would look, I would look average like that. Okay, I'm not saying I'd be great. I'd look okay. I'd look decent, but I can't compete with that. So we're gonna take some missiles, make them all look like my penis, and just time. ram them down every American street. <laughs> There we go. That's his solution. That'll make him feel like a man for once. Because, you know, buying and selling real estate didn't do it for him. All of his investments failed. (laughs) He's got to find something. The tower with his name on it. Yeah. Even that didn't do it for him after a while. He got (laughs) greedy. The show with his name on it, that was a failure, but then the spinoff was more successful. <laughs> so then he had to become. So then he had to run for president. And that didn't work. So he did it again, but said it was his first time doing it. And then he won. <laughs> and then he became president. Now that isn't enough. Yeah, so he needs a military parade. Perfect. <laughs> Next, he's going to be in a fancy outfit with a bunch of fake medals on his chest and a nice hat to hide that terrible hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see, oh my god, that video of him walking? Oh, when the wind finally caught his comb over and, like, undid it? Yeah. That was great. And just, like, the entire backside of his head is just bald. Yeah, he's (laughs) just, like, shiny. Like, he oils that part of his head. (laughs) Just just the entire, like, literally, all the hair on the back of his head, it just flew up. And you can see just... Bald, because he has that monk's ring. Yeah, he's, he's got a little ring of hair, and he grows out the front. <laughs> it's weird shit. I mean, it, I, I feel like it's almost a requirement at this point for oppressive leaders to have weird hair. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> if you want to talk about some real bullshit, 
probably talk about what happened in Manhattan on Monday, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to get his name right. It is Doug Shifter. He, he was a 44-year chauffeur working in Manhattan. He was, like, known in the industry as being, like, one of the top drivers. And, like, people would actually go out of their way to re- request this man. Because they've heard from people just how well and, like, how, like, professionally he would handle being a chauffeur. Yeah, like, like he's, he's like, the Steve Jobs of being a chauffeur. Right. Like, <laughs> he, he took pride in his work. He, he did it well. And he made a name for himself among people who go out of their way to have a driver. Yeah. <laughs> And um, over the past few years, his his uh, employment patterns began to change, primarily because of like the influence of Uber and like legislative shifts that have been made in New York that have weakened like drivers' ability to get like their fair share. Yeah, and, I mean, and so he'd gone from like a forty-hour work week to having continuous hundred and hundred and twenty-hour work weeks. Which, like, that sounds like complete hell, no matter what you'd be doing for yeah. 100 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be having the time of your life after 100 hours a week every week, you're going to hate it. Yeah, uh, 120 hours a week, that's three full-time jobs. Yeah, that that's three full-time jobs right there. and He's doing that just to get by. And so, the thing that finally led to this being a news story is that he finally couldn't afford to repair his car because in New York City they you own the car you operate out of as yeah. a private driver. And so he couldn't get work anymore. So he went down in front of City Hall and he shot himself in the head with a shotgun after making an incredibly impassioned plea online just like detailing his whole life's events and like mm-hmm. how much like this this whole like atmosphere of this job meant to him because he, he got to like see and like meet people he never would have and all that and how like slowly like his freedom at work began to be eroded away both legislatively and like when uber came to like arise just like competitively because people realized they could get like a cheap like some guy owns a nice car and will drive him real quick for like 20 bucks yeah and instead of going out to a like a limo service and requesting a town car and all that, yeah, scheduling a time and yeah, and that became more efficient for people, and so that like killed his whole industry, and and so he couldn't even afford to work, and he's like, he talks about how he would rather be dead with a message than lose what made his life worth living, and so. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's a long, incredibly impassioned plea, and it really goes into detail. But like the most upsetting thing about this, I feel, is the response from the mayor's office in New York. And that response was just calling him like mentally insane, because only a mentally insane person would kill themselves. And and so that like discredits whatever he says because of this mental insanity yeah that that's that's complete bullshit and like you want to like if you want to talk about like 
ableism. Yeah, that's like, <laughs> that's something right there. This man. Yeah, it's discrediting yeah, this very man. real concerns because of like what you because because like he he was suicidal and yeah. I mean and this was a man who spent forty four years doing this. You know, he he was a private chauffeur for forty four years, and he loved it and he wanted to keep doing it but it became physically impossible for him to afford to keep doing this. Yeah, you know? and, and at that point, I mean, like, what really skills do you have to make a career for yourself? Yeah, you've been driving around for 40 years. You, you can get employed as a driver, but that's quickly not becoming a thing, you know, with the rise of, like, automated cars and things like the ride-sharing apps and programs like that. Yeah, and this is this is just going to keep becoming a, a larger and larger problem as we move towards yeah um, automation. I mean, Japan has a robot barista now, mm-hmm. and they'll just make coffee for you. And it's a robot; you don't have to pay an employee. You just buy a robot. And it's a, mainly a one-time cost. Yeah, it can run indefinitely, needing like minor repairs at best. Mm-hmm. So. That the upkeep of a machine is always going to be lower cost than the person that the machine replaced. Yeah. So that's why things like this happen, and it it's killing like whole industries, and like there's no opportunity for the workers in these industries. Yeah. And they're being sidelined when they could be like they could be retrained and like put to use in another field. Mm-hmm. And that would be like a cheap jobs program right there. You know, give people training and put them to work. You know, like even like all these coal miners losing their jobs because like coal's shit and we're moving away from it like we should. Yeah, but coal is a terrible fuel source. It's inefficient. It's pollutant. It's unsafe to get the coal. Yeah. So these coal miners, well, they should be getting trained to work at like solar plants and thing like things like that. Yeah. And or or you they, have these flat, giant flat areas where the coal mining's been. Mm-hmm. Build a solar, solar farm right? on mm-hmm. on top of that and have the employees, the ex-miners, work the solar farm. Yeah, and they can be trained technicians for the solar panel arrays because they don't necessarily have to know the mechanics of the solar panel. They just have to understand how to be a mechanic for the solar panel. Yeah. You know, anyone can fix a part if they know how to fix the part. They don't necessarily even have to know what it does. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have to be full-scale engineers for something like that. And that keeps jobs like in the community, and that would allow people to keep working as their industry dies. Yeah, and, but and then even things like that, like it's not going to like, it's not going to completely fix the problem i think that's where you have to really look more towards ideas of socialism like no matter i think no matter what on the political scale you are like once these problems become a real problem and you look at it logically you know you have to realize that we need to embrace at least some ideas of socialism yeah we have to put like the good of the people above like things that are like pettier than that that yeah. has to come first. And so if people are like unable to afford a house, then you, you need to give them houses. You know, and you can like not worry about the cost of that because like as a society we have to be willing to eat those costs because that's how we better ourselves. Yeah. 
mean, that's and that's what we've been slowly realizing throughout history. You know, like just like you know, philanthropy and charity is you know bigger now than it was before because now you have people with expendable income to be who are able to say, yeah, I'd like mm-hmm. to use my money to help out other people. Yeah. But we we need to, I think, embrace that more as a society rather than individual yeah, people. Yeah, that, that needs to be like an expected standard rather than something we get to like point and look at, like, oh, look at how nice he is. Yeah. You no, know, everyone should be giving to their community. You know, that should be like an automatic thing. That should be where most of our tax money goes instead of like, the military that is getting all these parades now mm-hmm. you know <laughs> that seems like wasteful spending you know we could be like building new roads and like improving our train systems we have like like national transit you know we don't have that <laughs> yeah it's you know like it's difficult to take part as a consumer when you're not valued as a worker right like you know, like basic standards of living that every other civilized country recognizes that we don't even acknowledge. Yeah, even like Trump's tweets about the NHS march, yeah. and he completely misunderstood that march. It was people marching in support of the NHS instead of against it, like he assumed. Yeah, keeping it out of the hands of capitalists and capital gain. Right, because the Tory party in England is trying to privatize their health services. Yeah, they're trying to introduce insurance companies in a country that has very limited insurance structure. Mm-hmm. It's, it was so he saw people mar- marching against the NHS, which is really people marching against the Tories' planned future for the NHS as just being completely against it, right? And just ma- made a fool of himself. And and the thing is, his base wouldn't know that. No, they, they really wouldn't. And, like, the weird thing, though, is really when you extrapolate UK to US politics, things don't line up the way you'd expect, you know? Yeah. To a point, the Tories are Democrats. <laughs> they don't, like, their Labour Party is something we don't even have it, like, a, a yeah, they're, compared to. It's, the Tories are the neoliberals. Yeah, they're, they're the Clinton type Democrats. It was the whole thing with like Margaret Thatcher, you know, she was Bill Clinton, but a British woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she was crazy. Yeah, and, and and so now Trump, that's why he, he's good at doing these things. He's good at using, um, exploiting events in other countries to yeah. rile up his base. Because as much as he wants like other people to like him, it's really his base. Yeah. That he loves the most because the base just they're the ones that praise keep him. Praising him, yeah, yeah, and like he's good at working with confusion, which mm-hmm. is like in the Republican playbook and has been for decades. Yeah, so, I mean that's I mean really starting in the Nixon era with Fox News, it's always been about yeah misdirection. Yeah, and confusing people into yeah. thinking, making people outraged about things that don't matter. You know, to distract them from the things that do mm-hmm. and and so that that trumpism has kind of really infected the country like even in places where you wouldn't really expect it yeah like even here in california yeah um there was a story that came out in the guardian the other day 
um, about how California police worked with neo-Nazis to pursue anti-racist activists. What a surprise. On-duty police officers working with off-duty police officers. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what happened is in June of 2016, Mm -hmm. there was a um, rally in Sacramento held by the Traditional Workers' Party. Right, one of the largest American Nazi groups. Yeah, like they had over like 100 people um, in Charlottesville. So they're one of the big neo-Nazi groups in the country, and they held a rally in Sacramento, and so obviously uh, counter-protesters showed up. Right. Um, And so now... um, Three of those counter-protesters have been arrested, um, all working with, and mostly because the police are working with people from the traditional workers' party. Um, So one of the um, counter-protesters who was arrested, her name is Yvette Valarka, and she was charged with assault, inciting a riot, and participating in a riot. That was the counter-protester you said? Yeah. Just to be clear. And at the event, she was uh, stabbed in the arm and hit in the head. She needed 20 stitches. She went to the hospital with 20 stitches. Yeah, you know how you're, like, rioting after being stabbed? You know, that happens all the time. Yeah. You're not, you're not like, lying on the floor going, oh, my God, I got stabbed. What the fuck? No, that never happens. Yeah, and then and then it's your fault. Right. You, it's your <laughs> fault for getting stabbed. You were there. Yeah. You you were saying that you didn't like them being racist, so they stabbed you. What else do you expect? Yeah, they were up there, like, spewing hate. And then when you complained about the hate, they stabbed you, so it's your fault somehow. She, she said that, quote, It is shocking and really angering to see the level of collusion and the amount to which the police were covered up for the Nazis. The people who were victimized by the Nazis were then victimized by the police and the district attorneys. This seems like a good point to remind everyone that back in the 80s, the FBI released a report that said the neo-Nazis were in every police group in America. So this isn't all that new. And uh, the chief deputy district attorney on the case, his name is Steve Grippy, and he's denying like any sort of bias because they also arrested one Nazi. Ooh, they arrested one of the Nazis. Was it one of the guys that brought assault rifles down to a public square in California where that's illegal? <laughs> Probably not even. They did. Uh, um, I I honestly didn't even like look up what he did. He's just like it's just like okay, but that's not like the point of the story here. Mm-hmm. It's how the police specifically worked with the Nazis against. Right, and they they only arrested one of the Nazis. That way they can point to that guy and be like, oh no, see, we arrested a Nazi. It's like how a racist would be like, oh, I'm not racist. I know Jim. He's my black friend from Harvard. It's the same shit. Yeah, and and so this this is all kind of coming out because um, Yvette's lawyer um, released a, a statement in court basically outlining all of this. And he had... He, brought like a bunch of examples of uh, California Highway Patrol officers working with this Nazi group and um, basically painting them as the victims in this whole situation. It's pretty tough to feel sorry for a Nazi, you know? Yeah. We fought a whole war about those guys. 
It's mm-hmm. like one of the few wars all of America can tend to agree on. Yeah, and, and so now it's... But I, I get that when crimes are committed, you need to you know, apply the law equally. You need to apply it equally to everyone in that case. But it doesn't really seem to be the point, the thing that's happening here. Because seven, seven counter-protesters, seven people against these fucking Nazis were stabbed at this event. Right. And only one of them was charged. Um, there was even this one guy, his name was, uh, his name's Derek Puneo, and he's a member of uh, the Traditional Workers Party. And now he was arrested later for a domestic violence dispute. So he wasn't arrested as part of this um, whole uh, protest clash. And um, officers, when he was in jail, police officers came to him. And then instead of that, and then like in addition to asking about, you know, the domestic dispute and all that, they asked about the counter protesters. Um, They, yeah, so they asked him to identify different people in, like, photos and videos they brought. So basically, just tell us who this is and we'll go arrest them. Right. So it's it's a similar thing to what happened right after 9-11. We went to Saudi Arabia and we're like, hey, who's the terrorists? We're going to go torture them forever. It's like, um, Iraq. It's all these guys we hate. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We we totally didn't do 9-11 America. It's all of these guys that we conveniently hate. Yeah, it's Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan. Basically, everyone around us who doesn't like us. Just just take care of them for us. (laughs) It's it's that same idea. Yeah. Yeah, It's an inherently corrupt system. And so, like, one, one quote of these officers as they're talking to him is, we're pretty much going after them. We're looking at you as the victim. That sums it up right there. And now it gets even worse because this guy, Derek Pineo, the Nazi, he brought a knife to this rally where multiple people were stabbed. In fact, one of the um, anti-racists who was stabbed even claims that Derek Pineo is the person who stabbed him. There is video of Derek Pineo with a knife be like really close you know within a few feet of the guy who got stabbed but they're not investigating him right because that's their buddy (laughs) they're not gonna be mean to their buddy yeah and they're telling this guy who you should at least investigate whether or not he stabbed someone they're telling him you're the victim right it's okay you're the victim potential like (laughs) potential stabber yeah It's like how just earlier today, Donald Trump was talking about how we shouldn't automatically assume that his staff member who was accused of sexual assault multiple times is the perpetrator, because that's making him look like a victim. (laughs) (laughs) That's some ridiculous shit. Mm -hmm. And and like, just to see, like, show you like how hard they're really trying to go after these um, activists is... um, there was one guy who was the main investigator into the, all the stuff related to this rally um, in his write-up about the event. Um, there was one uh, black counter-protester who went to the hospital after being stabbed in the abdomen, chest, and hand. That's a lot of stabbings. And um, 
the investigator recommended 11 charges against this guy who got stabbed three times, at least. Um, the main ones were disturbing the peace, conspiracy, assault, unlawful assembly, and wearing a mask to evade police. Oh, no. Oh, I don't think, like, just for those people who, like, who don't realize why counter-protesters and and anti-fascists wear masks to these events, it's... Because Nazis are police officers. Yeah, Nazis are police officers. (laughs) And also, Nazis aren't afraid of going and, like, beating you up because they saw you at a protest. Yeah, they'll, they'll take your picture and then go find you online and figure out where you live. Yeah. So it's so the the masks aren't really from protection from like necessarily law enforcement. It's from Nazis and you know law enforcement if they happen to be Nazis. Right, as many of them are. <laughs> and, and so it's taking a measure to you know protect themselves in a nonviolent way. And, and luckily they didn't end up charging him with anything, but like. The reason they wanted charges is because of what they found on his Facebook page. Oh, no. <laughs> he committed a thought crime, guys. They found a Facebook picture of him do it with a raised fist. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was an interesting bit right there. And, and they claimed that, like, oh, doing a, a raised fist, which they just, like, equate to some sort of, like, hate speech yeah it says the man's black the man's quote black power salute and his quote support for anti-racist activism demonstrated his quote intent and intent and motivation to violate the civil rights of the neo-nazi group now that is some mental gymnastics that's like olympic worthy because he had a raised fist it means that he wants to violate an attack some nazis he wants to violate the civil rights of some nazis and attack them by that uh, by that logic you could say that because these guys are nazis they want to kill all the non-whites so we should arrest them right now yeah but we wouldn't use that logic the other way because these are police officers they're only going to use logic like that directed towards a black guy yeah and (laughs) and um this is this this is becoming more of a trend especially in the trump era because it's he's basically sending down, you know, the Justice Department. Yeah. It, you know, basically, we're going to go after dissent. Yeah. And just, Anything that doesn't align up with our narrative, we're going to go after. Yeah. And if you just look at things like ICE, if you want to see, like, a blatant example, mm-hmm. there, there have been more ICE arrests than, like, in any year under Obama. And he had done a lot of ICE arrests. But Obama did his in the middle of the night when nobody noticed. Well, not only that, like... Trumps are, like, daytime at people's, like, work and schools. And yeah, well, it's, like... <laughs> it's there to create, like, chaos and unease in these communities. Yeah, and it's not... And, and it's also, like, the type of person is going after, like, people who show up, people who ICE knows about, and they have, you know, these dreamers, like, who show up at their... Check-ins, yeah, and they just get deported. Yeah, it's the people who are doing everything the way you're supposed to be doing. People paying taxes, and yeah, people who are upstanding members of the community. Um, and ironically, that's leaving the ones that are actually a problem. (laughs) Yeah, the ones that are doing everything they can to not be a part of the the global, like the country's larger community, Mm -hmm. and 
So because it, it's easier to prey on the ones that are actually trying to do the right thing because that creates a splash. You can see it. Yeah, and there's like so many examples of this. Like the uh, Bundy militia right. in Oregon, they they basically got away with it. They, yeah. they took over a federal building with weapons, with guns, and they're fine Yeah, for the most part. It, you know, and... Like, Fox News treated them like heroes. Yep. And if, like, could you imagine if it were if it were some, like, Antifa guys? <laughs> or just, like, five black people instead of five mm-hmm. white people. Yeah. Like, the exact same shit. They could still be, like, weirdo libertarian guys wanting to shut down the government agency. But if they happen to have been black guys with guns. <laughs> yeah, then all of, a su- all of a sudden, Fox News is going to have a problem with that shit. Yeah, that would have been the exact opposite reaction from that. And there's also, like, the police in Charlottesville during that whole thing. Yeah, defending the guy who ran over people. Mm -hmm. Actively letting, like, Nazis, like, bust up windows in black churches and, like, leaving it for Antifa to sort that out. Yeah, this one guy who just got beat up by a bunch of Nazis, like, they just, they charged him with assault. What is it with these people who are actual victims getting stabbed, getting beaten, like actually being charged with the crimes, and then the people who who actually physically assaulted them getting away with it. Because look at, at these protests, they're, it's going to be heated, and and as I think as a police officer, you have to accept that things are going to be heated. People are going to be yelling, getting in each other's face. Right. But once it comes to that point where people are getting beaten, it's not the person who got beaten. It's not their fault. No, it's the person doing the beating. It's the person who instigates the violence. Like, to take Charlottesville for an example, uh, Dr. Cornell West was there at a black church, and he had said that if it weren't for black masked Antifa members defending the church, they would have died that night because yeah. there were people with their weapons attacking them. Yeah. And the police was... refused to do anything about it. Yeah, and so it was the clergy who started, you know, gathering around and trying to prevent people from getting in. And then the Antifa protesters, they saw that and they helped out. Honestly, I I believe that those people would help out if it was the other way around too. If it was a mob of angry people coming to attack a bunch of white people in a church. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, because their whole thing is like they're against the idea of the mob. They want like individuality to run free. Yeah. So... They're not going to support the mob, regardless of what the mob is. Mm-hmm. It's just icing on the cake when it's when the mob's Nazis. Right. No one can <laughs> complain when there's Nazis like being beaten back because they wanted to spew their hate and realize that they weren't welcome there. Except the police. Well, that's because they're the same thing. Yeah, and and just like violence should not be like you shouldn't be violent against the Nazis, but you should. I feel communities should still make it clear in every way they can that Nazis are not welcome. Yeah, and if if you expect the Nazis to show up, you should be ready for them to bring violence because they generally do, unless yeah. they're so outnumbered that they can't. Yeah. And I feel that with that, we'll pull this episode to a close. Uh, mm-hmm. Follow us at Pot Takes Pod, wherever you can. Uh, check us out every Sunday, and we'll yeah. catch you around. And uh, make sure to Tell your friends, get the word spread out there. If, you know, if you have friends, you know, they'll probably, and you like it, they'll probably like it. Yeah, yeah. Throw it out there. See see who grabs onto it. And see if some, like, 
<laughs> so one of your centrist friends is just like, okay, they make sense. Yeah, you know, change some minds. 